welcome to the Splash Zone. I'm your host, Tim Hayward. Joining me today is the one that brings the soul to Sunday mornings. You've seen her play, you watched her sing. She's the lead worship pastor here and runs our entire creative arts ministry, of which the tech teams are a part of. Please welcome Pastor Andrea Holt. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yes, thanks for joining us. So, Pastor Andrea, you got back from a trip to Africa a few weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> Joined the sun while we were in the up to our elbows in it snow. It was amazing. But So, Pastor Jesse preached the following Sunday when he got back and told us a little bit about it. Yes. Then the following Sunday, you shared some. Yeah. You were preaching. Yeah. And I kept thinking there was a bit more to the story, a bit more that you could tell. Yeah, there was so much more. We were holding back because we were just excited about what had happened and how the church just came around us and supported us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were full of, you know, passion and just excited to share everything. But we didn't want to do too much and it'd be overkill mm -hmm. and um we see that a lot with teams when they come back from a great trip or outreach trip a missions trip they're so excited and they want everyone to know and everyone else is like we've been here waiting through snow and <laughs> bad weather and really <laughs> like we don't want to hear about this mm -hmm. but that's not really the case it's just finding the right opportunity to do that and to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad you were able to sit down and spend some more time now, talk about the stories. Yeah, it's great. So this orphanage was founded by your parents? Right. Uh, early 90s, uh, my father uh, just got this burden for orphans, not really sure where God was going to send him. Uh, our church worked really hard with foster children in the community to be a blessing to them and their families, but God was really leading him to go international. And he just started making connections with uh, pastors in Africa and found an, a pastor that he made a great connection with that was bringing orphans into his church and providing food and shelter for them. Um, not really able to do too much financially for them, so our church started helping this pastor in Kenya. And one thing led to another in our church, ended up founding from the ground up a orphanage for okay. children from the community. Awesome. So you guys went, you took your entire family over for, was a, how long was it? It was a week and a half? Uh, pretty much a week and a half, about 14 days. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I've been on those trips where the whole family goes, and that, it's a bit interesting. <laughs> it was um, funny because I said to Jesse, my husband, I, I want to go to Kenya this year. The kids are older. I think I can leave you for two weeks. And he said, why don't we all go? I said, really? All of us? He said, yeah. I was not going to argue, but in my mind, I was thinking that's a big financial commitment for us mm -hmm. to purchase all these tickets, all the passports, everything that goes into preparing for an international trip, <clears throat> not to mention taking my kids out of school for mm -hmm. two weeks. 
And I said, well, if, if, you know, God provides for us, then we'll do it. And we just took that step of faith and basically just spoke it out into existence. And doing that, it was like our commitment to see what God wanted to do Mm -hmm. and trust him. And every step of the way God provided Mm -hmm. every mountain or hill we came up against, it was taken care of in a matter of hours. And Mm -hmm. by the time we were getting on our first flight, we knew that God had gone ahead of us every step of the way. I'm not sure why God wanted our family to go this particular time for all of us to go, who knows if we'll ever be able to all go together again. But my kids were so changed. Mm -hmm. If anything, my kids were totally changed from this trip, which is priceless. Mm -hmm. So, um, also I look back now, we've been back a few months, a couple months. And when we were there, they never fought. I mean, they're, my kids are 15, nine and seven they didn't fight they didn't complain um they supported each other they helped each other they when we were there in kenya they took turns um doing devotion time with our teams um working with the children there they just became part of the team like an adult would and after we got back from kenya it it was a good two weeks at magic Mm-hmm. still held but now it's over it's over they're fighting they complain about stuff and like oh man mm-hmm. let's go back and let's <laughs> right but you know people are like oh was it hard taking your little ones and they were just amazing it was mm-hmm. just amazing watching them mm-hmm. um just engage from start to finish and be a part of the team okay. yeah. yeah as, as growing up as a pastor's kid i know Mm-hmm. Trying to find the money. <laughs> pastors don't make that much. No, so. no. We, I, I, it's hard to raise money for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I could easily raise money for the orphanage or for a great um, ministry that has need or people who have need. But for ourselves to ask people to do that and mm-hmm. to help support us was really hard to do. But we just said in our support letters... If, you, if anything, just pray for us. Prayer is so important because especially in a developing nation, you hit obstacle after obstacle. There are mm-hmm. greedy politicians, people not educated, and prayer opens doors, and it brings um, great revelation and wisdom of how to deal with situations and circumstances that are just out of our control, And that's all really, we just wanted to put it out there and friend after friend and church member after church member and neighbors in the community found out about our trip and just freely and generously gave. We did not pay a cent out of our own pocket for the trip. That's awesome. I'm Mm -hmm. that in itself is just, Mm -hmm. we've Jesse and I've done other missions trips and we've, paid out of pocket or done a lot of work, mm-hmm. extra jobs to help us go on this trip. So that was another great sign from God that this was mm-hmm. his time for us to do this as a family. It's expensive just alone, like one person. Mm-hmm. But 
a whole family of five. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember going on trips and like, oh, there's a pop bottle on the ground. Let's grab that. Right, right. Do what you have to do. Yeah, and, you know, I said, Jesse, if God wants us to go, we'll do whatever it takes to take our family. We'll do our extra jobs, Mm -hmm. um, side jobs, whatever we need to do. And it was like, God was like, no, you're going for me, and I'm going to help you. Awesome. Yep. So you guys decided to go. You made your plans. How was the trip over there? It was great. We we found that when we would go through customs and all the Homeland Security, they were so kind, probably because we had two adorable little kids with us mm-hmm. that were there. But if it was just us <laughs> as adults, <laughs> they are a little more stern and mm-hmm. not as friendly. But people were so kind and of my kids talk to everybody and so of course that's very um mm-hmm. endearing and precious to people they're we're going to kenya to help mm-hmm. orphans you are wow people are just so open-hearted towards my children mm-hmm. and then they would look at us like are you crazy <laughs> <laughs> but um the journey was just an adventure getting there and um the journey back was a bit more stressful. We um, have to be at airports for international flights three hours early. We mm-hmm. decided to leave seven hours early from one side of Nairobi to get to the other side of Nairobi to the airport. Took us four hours okay. because our van broke down mm-hmm. in the middle of heavy traffic and... Um, our driver was really nervous and scared, but God gave us a gas station in the middle of nowhere just to pull in, and there were armed guards there, um, so they protected us. And you know, and there's not a lot to be protected from, but people see you know uh, an American and want money, mm-hmm. or they want to talk to you or heckle you, and we were safe. But for a while, we were just putzing along in first gear, trying not to stall out. I bit my nails down to the quick. I was mm-hmm. really nervous because you cannot get a flight. And mm-hmm. for the next week or week and a half, you can't get another flight. They're booked so far in advance. So where am I going to stay with my kids? And how are we going to get to a hotel? And just all these questions going through our minds. And despite the fact that they do speak English, it's not very good. And mm-hmm you can't always trust everybody to be kind hearted and be a good citizen and help you. Mm -hmm. Uh, But God gave us a great driver and we made it through and got Mm -hmm. to the airport three hours early and we're able to get on our flight. But that was the only time out of the whole journey. I was really starting to sweat it and (laughs) I don't know. God (laughs) took care of it Uh and my kids are getting nervous you know, they're feeding off my energy and Jesse's energy or mm-hmm. I try not to talk about things with Jesse, you know, <laughs> in front of them, but mm-hmm. we made it home. We mm-hmm. made it home. All right. Yep. So, yeah. So was it the van broke down? The clutch went in okay. the van and they, he could only, the driver could only keep it in first gear mm-hmm. and keep it from trying to stall it it, the van felt like it just wanted to stall out and not go any further and he just kept fighting keep it in first gear until he could get to a place that he could pull off and Mm -hmm. there really wasn't anywhere Mm -hmm. 
if there's, you're, yeah, there's not garages or not no, shops you go to, right? You're just, no, it, it's just bumper to bumper traffic. And mm-hmm. it, it goes really slowly through the city because there's just thousands and thousands of people and cars everywhere. And mm-hmm. there's people panhandling um, in and out of cars and vehicles. And it's only one way. The, the highways through the city are only one way. So how do you get off? Like, how do you get, get out of this? And you're sitting there for four hours. Mm-hmm. Just what is happening? Where are we, where are we going? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. We got, finally got off on this gas station, probably about up in that another driver from our company that we were working with, the um, driving company, van company, um, was coming from the airport. So he just pulled off and picked us up and turned around and took us back to the airport. Nice. Yep. So actually had another coincidence of... Just God had it all mm -hmm. worked out ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And, but knowing the nature of traveling there and the flights, how they're so hard to get Mm -hmm. out of Nairobi, uh, I was not feeling confident. (laughs) Had to be a panic. It's like, I want to go home. Yeah. That was the only time I really got super worried. Okay. Yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, Jesse had talked about when you guys got there. To, so getting, leaving from your home to the orphanage, not too many problems in traveling? Nothing. Nothing. When we got off the plane, we had a good hour of just waiting in a hot mm-hmm. room, sweaty. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Coming from February in Michigan <laughs> to you know, 90 degree weather in Nairobi, we're sitting there for an hour just waiting to get through customs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hadn't slept in 20 some hours, (laughs) but we were just upbeat and positive. And Mm -hmm. the Kenyans there were so pleased to have us come and help their, their country and the children in their country. And we finally got through customs. We were so hot and tired. And our director said, hey, I'm glad you guys made it. Bad news. We don't have any water mm-hmm. at the home. And my heart sank because I really would, would have loved to have a shower. <clears throat> and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. But we, we did end up going to um, a hotel overnight and showered there i made everyone mm-hmm. shower because we knew it'd be a while mm-hmm. before we got another shower <laughs> try and bring the water with you or right so and that's... we ended up calling um on our way it's a few hours outside of the city to the children's home and we ended up calling a water supply company to come and fill up our water tanks mm-hmm. so then we got there back to the children's home in the afternoon and the next morning the water delivery came but you have to pay for it. And Jesse and I just said, no, we're, we're not going to wait for the water council to provide water. We'll call a company and provide water ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge concern there. It's the focus of our mission is to get good drinking water and cleaning water for people, not to mention our orphans. Um, they need water. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is literally life there. Mm-hmm. And, if we can't provide water for our children at the children's home, the the state will take them away. The, mm-hmm. You know, we will lose our um, legal rights over them. And 
if they're taken away from us, we don't know what will happen to them. Mm -hmm. They do not have foster care systems. They do not have child protective services. It is, um, there is an organization that does look out child children's welfare, welfare program. And basically if a child is abandoned or in an abusive situation, most of the time children are, are abandoned or they're orphaned through death. Um, they're put into a very bare bones apartment or type of housing, usually um, located in the police department. Mm-hmm. And uh, my when I saw it, I thought this is a prison cell. There's like blankets on the floor and some you know cups and plates. That was about it. So if we can avoid them going into that sort of situation and just be relocated right to our children's home. That's the ideal situation. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we don't have water, Mm -hmm. they will take the children and put them back in those apartment type cells. How long had they been without water before you guys got there? Uh, They had been without water for six weeks. And what happens when they don't have water it's because the local water supply system, it's a reservoir, gets shut off. The pump gets shut off because the water council for the city didn't pay their electric bill. So the power company turns off the electric, electricity, and so there's no pumping water to, to homes mm-hmm. into the children's home. So not only are we without water, but all the neighbors are without water. And they've been in a drought for over six months. So there's not even rain to collect water. So people will walk for miles up into this thicket, thorny path area up to the reservoir and try to reach over the embankment to get water, um, scoop it out with buckets or whatever they can, and then carry it down. And that's pretty much a project for someone to do it takes a whole day just to get a couple buckets of water and it's all uphill Uh and um it's just frustrating a lot of people if they have a couple extra you know dollars they'll pay someone to go get it for them and bring it down with their picky picky which is a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) a little motorcycle and they'll They'll um, take buckets and buckets or water tanks, little water tanks, almost like a gas tank that we would use um, and fill them up with water and deliver it to the homes. Uh, The water isn't really filtered that well or or treated to kill bacteria, so people are getting sick. so what was the kids' reaction when you showed up there and then said, hey, you know, we're going to bring water in? Uh, it's pretty fun. We all were running out and cheering as the big blue water trucks came in. <laughs> and we took lots of videos of all of us running around and hooting and hollering mm-hmm. because um, they knew that they were going to get to be able to take a, a really good shower and really wash their clothing well and all the bedding. And I said, let's do it all now while we have the chance, because sure enough, within five days, we were out of water again. And um, so we ordered more water, dropped off, and um, 
and it was a good thing because child welfare came to check on the children while we were there and they were very pleased (laughs) Mm -hmm. that the children had water but our director works really hard to make sure the our water tanks are full um, for the children but that means being conservative with bathing Mm -hmm. and that's really a smelly situation (laughs) especially with our older students who are you know hitting puberty or they're young adults (laughs) like Mm -hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. can't really fault them. They we just don't have the extra water for right. good bathing and oh, ninety degree weather. That yeah. yeah, and it becomes such a sanitary issue. We had discovered some children had some skin issues, some skin infections because they're just not able to clean themselves properly, and mm-hmm. so we had to get um, you know antibiotics for them and ointments and make sure they keep applying that. But, you know, just simple hand washing, it, you know, it's spreading germs and Mm -hmm. after going to the bathroom and water is, I, my children really saw the, the need for water and how much they waste in America. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did laundry, I think twice while we were there and most of it we did by hand, but, you know, we, we were okay with that for us. It's just a temporary you know, sacrifice Mm -hmm. going without, but there it's every day. It's every day Mm -hmm. and everything they cook, they need water to cook. They boil beans and make rice and to find clean, healthy water is, it's a, it's a job every day. It's a job. Mm -hmm. And, um, we are working on two projects to provide water for the children's home and the community. And the first one is uh, laying piping from the reservoir down to our children's home, mm-hmm. uh, connecting to the pump at the water council's reservoir and getting that water moving down to the children's home and then pro- making it available to the community to because we have neighbors right across the street and right next door to us that could just come in and get their water every day until the water council pays their electricity bills. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you have to purchase the pipes. You have to purchase the filter. Mm-hmm. Those things are costly. And um, we put the need out, Jesse and I put the need out to the church, and we had over $5,000 come in for the $3,500 project. So now we're just working with the um, Water Council to mm-hmm. give us the permit to do that mm-hmm. job. That's awesome. And that will provide water until the big water project is done, mm-hmm. and that's to actually put in a well at the children's home. Yeah. And when we do that, get that well project finished, we will have an endless supply of water for us, for the community, and for a school. Mm-hmm. That's the long-term goal is to provide a school for the community mm-hmm. there. Um, but you cannot have a school legally if you do not have a water source. Interesting. <laughs> so the well project is quite expensive it's $26,000 that goes mainly to a special um, drill um, that the mm-hmm. bore drill 
that can dig down so deep mm-hmm. to yeah. where the water source is. Talking a couple hundred feet, right? Right. Somewhere in there. Right. And, you know, it breaks my heart uh, because our director was so desperate to get water to our children. He started digging himself mm-hmm. and he did probably about a good five to six feet uh-huh. and still yeah. it wasn't, to go. he was just hitting some really hard, hard um, stone mm-hmm. and I just can't go any further mm-hmm. and so we said well I guess this is where God wants us to go and this is the time we start working on that uh, it's just too bad you can't rely on the city to provide water for mm-hmm. for us so we have to do this on our right. own now but then that gives you a great opportunity of you can come in and meet all the the orphans and the, the town's needs say we bring you water and then that gives you a great opportunity to follow up with sharing the gospel right if you can meet their needs they're so open Mm -hmm. to wanting to grow in christ there are many churches in the area but they're they're not financially able to help the community and we're not a church we do have a chapel but we're not a church we're first and foremost an orphanage for orphans and it's a beautiful facility it is Mm -hmm just amazing and so proud of it but it needs to be able to bless the community as well and um providing water is the number one way we can do that um also would like to do a feeding program and being able to provide at least one hot meal a day for the children and and families in the area uh, you can't do any of that without fresh, clean water. And we tried so hard to not have to go that route because it is so costly. I mean, $26,000, like, mm-hmm. that's a lot, a lot, even in America. And um, it's just, there's no negotiating. We have to do it. Mm-hmm. We have to do it. And that way we can provide water for the community and then really be able to pray with people, help them um, provide water for their gardens, for their animals, and just know that we really love them and care about them. It, mm-hmm. it, it is. It doesn't just give them something to drink. It mm-hmm. goes much further than that. Yeah, and that's awesome. And I, I was on one trip where remember, they are digging a well. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 10 feet across. Mm. And they had a donkey attached to a five-gallon bucket. And the donkey was just going back and forth. They had the jackhammer. <laughs> Loading the, the sand onto the bucket. Donkey brings oh. it up. Dump that. Keep going back and forth. And that was, it was impressive to watch. And when you're, that was out in Mexico. And you're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And there's no Home Depot. Mm-mm. So it's trying to get everything. Mm-mm. Then our missions leader would go into the city, come back with the tool. It's like, see if this will work. Yeah, it's an all-day event to go pick up tools or supplies, just negotiating the traffic, having them at the hardware store look and look and look for something that would kind of go with what you need or Mm -hmm. (laughs) help with the issue. And unfortunately, the quality of tools and supplies is not like what we're used to in America mm-hmm. and, and, and there's no oh. return policy either. 
So I looked at him once. It's like, we can't no. return this. Kind of, he's like, nope. No. Nope. Yeah. Um, if you find a, a hardware store that's pretty decent, you, you try to stick with them, have lo- uh, customer loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's an all-day event. You go to the to the hardware store and it's not the only hardware store there are quite a few in a little strip of area and they don't let you in to look around yeah you go to the window you say i need um four paint brushes i'd like a quarter inch an inch and then a three inch mm-hmm. and they send their runners down throughout the hardware store, the shop, to look for what you need. So you're waiting and waiting and waiting. Instead of just going and looking at all the options yourself, they have attendants that go and do that for you. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a event for the day mm-hmm. just yep. to go to town <laughs> yep there's a couple times there later took us to say tim you're coming with me just because he didn't want to go alone right. and that was we'll be back you know around lunchtime right to get everything right. so how many orphans do you have at the home now currently we have 18 11 live on campus at the home and they're all um in what we would consider middle school down through elementary um our youngest student is four her name is mercy she's a absolutely adorable and then um, there's another little boy named jimmy he's five and so you go all the way up to 12 13 years old at that point when they graduate out of in the um schooling at that age uh you have to go to a boarding school of some sort for high school education. If you're smart enough and can pass your testing, you can go to um, a high school. That is costly in itself. And so a lot of um, these children uh, choose to not go on to high school. They would rather do some sort of vocational training. We encourage our students to go to high school of some sort uh, just to continue their education and then do their vocational training. Um, One of our students is very smart and has won a scholarship to cover four years of university in another country. So she's considering university in New York and possibly Michigan. That's quite an achievement for a child that has lost her parents, that has no one to support her we are her family the directors and the house mother and house father are her family and she's um she's gonna be able to become a professional um, most likely in medicine that's so exciting those um students that don't live on campus they're still being supported by their sponsor uh, and that sponsorship money goes towards helping them pay their school costs. And that includes their room and board and the um, classes that they are taking. The other children live on campus. It's their home. They have their daily routine. They get up at 6 in the morning. They eat breakfast, get dressed, clean up their rooms. Then they have a time of singing and prayer over them for the day. And then they head off to school. They come back. Um, at lunchtime 
and they eat their lunch and play a little bit. Then they walk back to school and then come home in the afternoon and, you know, play, do chores, have dinner. Then they have another time of prayer and devotion at night. And then they do their homework and go off to bed. That's pretty much the routine every day. And on the weekends, we have movie nights. (laughs) They play and have movies and just relax, play soccer, um, do special things, have cake and cookies, just like kids here. Um, but it's a very strong family feel. So we have right now we have eight children living on camp. Um, I'm sorry, 11 living on campus and eight at um, high school. And then at the end of May, we are getting five more children. Yeah, five more little ones, and we're so excited. And so we're working really hard to do big, like, welcome packages for them, welcome um, getting them their own blankets and bedding, all brand new, so they feel at home and mm-hmm. feel like they're wanted there and special. Mm-hmm. So that's a project we're working on right now, and we already have sponsors for them. Awesome. For all five? All five. Awesome. So with sponsorship, um, a lot of people are asking, how can I be a sponsor? How can I um, bless these children? Every um, child that comes to the home needs uh, three sponsors. That's $25 a month per sponsor. Uh, To cover the care for that child, it's $75 a month. But that's a lot for people to commit to. It's $300 a year you know, out of someone's, uh, a family here in America or in Europe, that's a lot of money. So um, most of the children have three sponsors. And we were in Kenya and we just started posting our pictures and people were interested and excited. And within two weeks, we had over 20 sponsors, new sponsors, Mm -hmm. just blew me away. Just if, if I had known what was going to happen, I would have said yes a lot sooner to God, but this was his time for us to go. And we are so excited to match up the new sponsors with our new children coming. Mm -hmm. And we're not sure if they're boys or girls or if it's a mixed bag. We don't know their ages yet. We just know the, um, well, children's welfare department said, well, we have five children we can send to you and, we love your home. We love what you're doing there. And mm-hmm. so we're very excited. Awesome. Yeah. So the, so you don't know the backgrounds? They're... Not yet. Um, what happens is um, Children's Welfare Department, they'll send us um, a psycho- psychological evaluation, a health evaluation, and then an education evaluation. And then they give recommendations for us if, if a child needs counseling which is really overwhelming because they all need counseling. Um, They have so many deep-rooted issues uh, from abuse and abandonment or watching a parent suffer and and dying or passing away. Um, Most other parents um, died in their 20s, early 30s. Most of the time it's from AIDS. Um, And they're scarred by that. And we even have students who are 13, 14 that wet the bed because of nightmares and night terrors, and they can't control it. And 
so we rely on the Children's Welfare Department to really help us with um, getting the children the emotional health support they need. And that's always touch and go because you could have a great um, counselor for a couple months and then they move on somewhere else and you don't have anything. Um, so that those are things we're concerned about when the children come. You're not sure if they're going to have such overwhelming needs that we can't help them in the way that they need. And then what do you do at that point? Uh, so far, we've been done really well with most of our students. We've only had a couple that needed, you know, serious care. And the government has helped with that. It's nice that the government actually is able to do something versus just, you know, take these kids and deal right. with them. They've made a lot of progress in that area. Um, we have talked about maybe having possible team members on missions trips that are um, trained in counseling, especially with children and young adults, mm -hmm. come with us if we could have one or two. We've had some people from Nairobi come up for a couple weekends and just talk with the children and work with them and we strongly encourage Christian counselors to come and work with them but um, you can meet their physical needs provide a safe warm environment for them wonderful staff that are just so such a blessing to have working with the children but if we can't meet their emotional needs um, that, that becomes stressful on everyone because they're growing physically, but emotionally they're struggling and they do not talk about trauma at all. It is very, um, hidden. It's pushed back. It is not part of their culture to be expressive about trauma or, abandonment they do not talk about those things they're very quiet about it so you the travel there wasn't that bad mm -hmm. but you get in there no <laughs> water so that's kind of right. great oh, oh what else happened in the trip we um did some quick evaluations of some projects that needed to be done around the children's home painting construction repair getting um new piping to the showers so they could have good shower, showering capabilities, indoor plumbing, um, solar water heater projects, just a lot of projects that needed more hands and a little extra cash. And Justin and I were able to just come in and say, hey, what can we do? And our director just point us in the right direction, help us get the supplies. And that's a great feeling when you can see change right there before mm -hmm. your eyes of a project getting completed to make the quality of life better there. So we did that. And then every day um, we were able to do um, special craft projects and enrichment activities with the children when they would come home from school. Uh, we would do a lot of crafts, um, projects for hours with them. And it was that was the most wonderful time of the day is just to be with the children and loving on them. And they are so open hearted and wanting to interact and learn and grow. 
we did have a student um, there who'd been in Kenya for a while, Emily Burroughs, and she journeyed over to our children's home to be with us for two weeks, and she was amazing, young college student, um, working with the children and really helping them with their writing and um, just their fine motor skills. And that was something we did every day. We had a project ready every day. Uh, then on the weekends, uh, was just filled with fun. I mean, it was just fun. We did carnival nights, <laughs> we did races, and everything had some sort of candy or sweet in it, cakes, birthday parties. We just found every reason in the book to celebrate and to have a party with the kids and just love on them and bring some joy to them there. And to also um, encourage and love on our staff there because they work so hard and it's 24-7. They're parenting the children and they're Kenyan themselves and they pray over the children. They pray with them. They are their mother and fathers there. They call them auntie and uncle, but they're really parenting the children and without them, it wouldn't be possible. So we would shower love and gifts and anything we could do to bless them while we were there too. So those were some big projects mm -hmm. that we worked on. So you mentioned there's a few speed bumps, a few things that came and went and they got took care of. What are some of the other things that, that looked like they were going to be hard that? Um, one thing was um, uniforms. Children there have to wear uniforms. And our children's uniforms were getting ripped up. They were shrinking up because the children grow. And uh, uniforms are expensive. And Jesse and I looked at the money that was given to us and said, we can afford not only new uniforms for each child, but new shoes. And out of all the days that we did parties and games and carnivals and everything with the kids uniform day when we gave them the un the uniforms and the shoes was better than christmas they were so excited and we were really worried that it wasn't going to work out because the uniform shop was so slow in getting everything together and they lost the measurements for each child and it was just getting frustrated and i was getting a little angry because I really wanted the children to have them before we left. So that was one thing that God just took care of. We were able to provide each child with um, new uniforms, new shoes, because of our, Jesse, my sponsors helping us, we were able to use that money to bless the children. And then we had extra money left over so they could get more uniforms. <laughs> uh, it's great that you've each child could have two uniforms for the year. Um, but that was uh, stressful. Um, another thing that we came up against was harvesting the corn. We grow corn on the campus. And the, the workers, we have some older students that work there um, that have graduated out of the children's home but are still employed by the children's home. So they're part of the family. Um, working and harvesting the corn by hand and using machetes and 
husking the corn and then getting the corn off the corn cobs is such a project. It is week upon week upon week of doing this. And their hands are bleeding. They have blisters and they don't complain. They don't say a word about anything. They're in the sweltering hot sun. We are right on the equator. So it is intense sunlight and it just was becoming tedious to watch (laughs) and there's got to be a better way. And God provided the money for us to be able to purchase um, state-of-the-art harvesting um, machines that could, they, they have to cut down the, the corn stalks, but they can just throw the corn cobs right in and it will get the corn kernels right off the cob for them within minutes. And that was like Christmas when our mm-hmm. workers saw that. They were cheering and they were, had cleared out their sheds to give the, those machines special places to sit so they don't get rusted by the weather and the rain. And mm-hmm. that was very exciting to see them see see those those mm-hmm. machines for us really what it's not going to take us you know three or four weeks to harvest the corn we can do it in a week or two and mm-hmm. just make life a lot easier and then they can put their energy towards more you know mm-hmm. important things that need to be done around the, the children's home mm-hmm. yeah i was working out in the sun that that gets to it i was Right. an orphanage and i think i got heat stroke mm-hmm. from there because yeah you're not drinking water particularly yeah. when you guys don't have it don't have water mm-hmm. <laughs> yep yeah we i ended up my team leader had to stitch me in the head because we had i put a board up on somewhere and the wind knocked it over my forehead so i'm laying there i have another guy that i think we both had heat stroke because uh-huh. he's trying to put on his gloves on uh-huh. and just looking at him and my leader's yelling i'm like dude dude stop touching my sterile stuff get the gloves on mm. it's like they put them on backwards like you put them backwards no they put them in the box backwards <laughs> and we're just laying there it's like all right you guys go argue and then come back in <laughs> and patch me up they're like the del- like delirious yep yep just a bit looking back on it it's like yeah i think we both had heat stroke it was good that we sat inside for a little bit right but we were young, so as soon as I got stitched up, we ran back out and kept working. Was it a nurse that stitched you? No, that was uh, Tim Fix. Our oh, resident. my goodness. I've been on a few Tim Fix trips. So not a nurse stitching you up. Nope, nope. And they were both arguing, should we do a stitch, should we do a bandage? Mm-hmm. And I was yelling at them, I don't care. You go argue not in front of the patient, come back, and then, then do it. So did it hurt when you were getting stitched up? No, I was I was slightly delirious. <laughs> I think he gave me a shot, a local. Wow. But yeah, it was just one stitch. Wow. But it's yeah. Because that, that was in Mexico. We we're building an orphanage up in the mountains, and there yeah, was nothing, nothing around. Yeah, we're we're pretty blessed where our children's home is. The area has just exploded with development and growth. So there's a lot available now um it's become the county seat equivalent to our state capitals Mm -hmm. so there are hospitals now and there are some clinics um we actually even have a vet that can come and check on our animals (laughs) but we are outside of town so if you need to get into town and you don't have a vehicle you have to walk down to the end of the dirt road wait for a matatu which is public 
busing. You pay a couple cents and take you into town. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a lot easier than it was even five years ago to, to get help if you need help. Yeah. Because um, some of the stuff you're still kind of generalizing or summing up, mm-hmm. specific stories are good. Like the the bus breaking or the van breaking down was awesome to hear about. You no know, horrible to go through. But. I know. <laughs> so stuff like that, of actual stuff that happened to you guys, is good. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, really, there nothing bad really happened. Well, the water was. Uh-huh. I mean, we got in a fight. Well, we didn't get in a fight with our director, but like we got off the plane. I was like, you need to communicate because that's what your job is. But I don't uh, want to say that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, there's, there was a story about one, one girl who, well, needed a need. She only had one sponsor mm-hmm. and she came to me like just sobbing okay, that yeah. she's been well, praying for. So a we'll sponsor. tell that one. Okay. That sounds good. Oh, I was going. Okay. Um, so was there anything, any other stuff that happened to you guys specifically or stuff that you took away that. Um, one story that really touches my heart of what happened in Kenya and why I know God wanted us to go there at that time was um, a night that we were having devotions with the kids, the children there. And one of the girls pulled me aside. Her name's Michelle. Um, we all call her Mishy. Mishy is her nickname. And she had tears in her eyes and was trying to tell me clearly, but got so choked up as only a little girl can do and told me that she had one sponsor and she loves her sponsor, um, prays for her sponsor every day, but that she's been asking God every morning and every night to give her two more sponsors. And of course, I started crying and I went over to Jesse and I whispered in his ear as we were singing a song. Um, we really need to get Mishy, Mishy, two more sponsors. So at the end of our time together that night, he took a picture of her with him and put it out there. And by the next day, we had five new sponsors and for Mishy Mishy and so then we waited for her to get home from school that night and we told her and she was dancing around she couldn't stop hugging us and all she could say was thank you God thank you God thank you God you love me you love me and I'm gonna cry (laughs) because she has nobody she has no family and Within just a couple minutes, we could, because of God, we could fill that need for her. And we're so thankful for the generous hearts of our church and our community here in America. And I feel like people are looking for ways to give and ways to help and bring meaning to their life. And there's no greater, I, I will go to my grave, there's no greater way to bring meaning to your life um, than to help a child because that child 
will grow into an adult that will keep helping other children and helping other people. And um, my kids, when we left, this is another story that just blew me away. Um, we, we in America know how our children are. They're very, like, caught up with things and, you know, fads and trends and what's cool and toys And that's just the way our culture is. You can't fault them for that. It's just the way it is. But um, when we were there, we were getting ready to leave. And I told the kids to pack up their suitcases. And then I'll go in and figure everything out. And as we, um, the, the kids said, Mom, we're done. I was like, that was fast. And so a couple hours later, I went back to go through everything. And there was literally nothing in their suitcases they left everything for the kids every pair of shoes they had brought every pair of socks every pair of underwear every t-shirt every pair of shorts their toys that they brought the dolls olivia brought with her everything they left they received money in Valentine's Day cards from an auntie in New York. Um, they left that. They brought nothing back with them other than a few souvenirs they bought. They were given money from family to buy souvenirs, and they only probably spent $5 on souvenirs. They left, between the three of them, probably $500 of their own money, and they didn't say a word to me about it. And I, I was just shocked. I said to Jesse, I can't believe this. And they came home the next day after we got back from Kenya and they were pulling out all their change from their piggy banks to see if they had enough money to buy tickets to go back next year. And, um, every day, we try to message or contact our children's home so they can talk to their brothers and sisters there. And that's, that was just so amazing to me to see that, um, change in my kids, not that they were ever greedy or selfish, but just how they became generous human beings all on their own. And, um, those are things that, I can't make happen. That was so God. That was God. Um, so I know my kids will go back someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So you did, you're working on the piping for mm-hmm. the water. You're working on trying to raise money for the well. What other projects do you guys have in store? Yeah, we are hoping to um, take teams. Um, hopefully next winter take a team um, back to Kenya uh, to do construction. Uh, we need to finish some of our facilities, so we need uh, guys and gals that can do construction, do painting. Um, we need electricians and some plumbers to come. Um, the facility is amazing, but it, it needs to expand so we can accept more children, and we can't do that without skilled Um, craftsmen and women. Um, The thing there is people aren't really 
uh, skilled or knowledgeable in what to do like uh, like our uh, workers here. So taking a team would be amazing, um, being able to do that. And then um, getting programs together to take teams to do outreach and counseling um, with the kids. Those are things that we're trying to get together um, by the end of the summer and then start promoting more trips. Uh, I think that God is stirring in people's hearts to take that step of faith to go um, to Africa, which sounds really overwhelming, mm-hmm. but it is developing at such a fast rate that it is, it's inconvenient in some ways, but in other ways, it's really not that bad. It's, it's pretty great um, going. Um, so getting teams together to go that are skilled you know, uh, professionals would be the best thing that we're working on right now. So you need get teams to go, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. What's so if someone if they can't go, what are some of the things they can do if they're not involved already? Uh, well, of course, praying for the kids that God would bring healing to them, praying for protection over them in the home is huge. Um, but of course, sponsoring either a child or just the children's home in general. We need people just to sponsor the children's home. Um, There are costs that come up like there are with any family, raising a family. If a car breaks down, um, (laughs) where does the money come from to get the car fixed? Or if um, a child needs uh, dental work done or someone is running a fever and they need to go to to the urgent care, those things are extra costs. So sponsoring the children's home overall is a great thing to do. And then sponsoring a child is awesome. And if someone wants to sponsor a child or give money, where who do they talk to? They can call the church office here at Lake Point uh, Community Church. They can call the office, and Pastor Jesse or I will um, call them back and talk with them, um, just answer any questions they may have, uh, give them a good picture of what's going on. Uh, That's the awesome thing about being uh, a pastor and being able to have the opportunity to go to Africa or wherever God sends you. You can come back and give a valid, legitimate, honest uh, interpretation of what is happening there and conveying that to to people here in America. Um, we will be uh, providing a link on the New Lake Point website mm-hmm. uh, to the children's home so people can get connected up that way as well in the future. Awesome. And that's uh, the website, lakepointcc.com. Mm-hmm. Still in the works, but... Right. Under construction. Yeah, yeah. I just looked at it now and... <laughs> Also, there's um, mountmariahchildrenshome.org, which is the direct link to um, the church that runs the home. Okay. What's the website? Mountmariahchildrenshomeinternational.org. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mount. And that all... so cute the accent in uh kenya is the 
They'll say, where do you live? I live at Mount Moria. <laughs> Their accents are so sweet. Cool. And uh, no, if you have recording. So we'll pick this up right after she says the URL. So that's M-T-M-O-R-I-A-H-M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot net. It's their website now, mountmoriahministries.net. That'll take you right there while we're waiting for the CTKC, now Lake Point Community Church site to be updated. Yeah, it'll be great to have the link. And this is um, new territory for the Children's Home because it's always been supported by some churches in New York and in um, just right regular citizens and Christians helping out. And there are a lot of people that aren't even believers that support the Children's Home. But we're branching out to Michigan now with me and Jesse so that we can um, spread the good news. People can help out if they want. Awesome. All right. right. Well, that is all the time we have for now. Thank you, Pastor Andrea, for coming and sharing. It's great to hear more about the trip. Thank you, Tim. Anytime. Like I said, I figured there's there's got to be a little more to that because whenever you go on a trip, there's always fun stuff that happens and stuff you take for granted that's like, Oh, all right. How are we going to do that? How are we going to get to the airport? Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't know much about cars, but I know you need a clutch. If, if, yes. If you have and one um, that really tested my faith. But I know that uh, God took care of it. I can only mm-hmm. say it was God. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and we want to thank you guys for joining us for our second Lake Point Community Church podcast. Please join us next time. We're going to be sitting down with Pastor Larry and discussing his new nonprofit, Harmony in the Home. Look forward to seeing you guys Sunday mornings at 9 or 11. And join us next month for more Lake Point Community. I'm your host, Tim Hayward. Thank you for spending your time with us.